Well, that tended to happen to about, what, three quarters of your party in the game Oregon Trail? Dying of dysentery. That seemed to be a bit of an issue on the American frontier, Kyle. That's not casual. They didn't just have bananas and unsalted crackers to handle that. DarbyCast, Economics Wednesday. Hey, what's up? Everyone, you're here. Sports Monday? I don't want to say who cares about the fact that it didn't happen, because Kyle cares, I care. However, however, Sunday was a day of recharging. Why? Because of the search party that Kyle and I were a part of this weekend. We lost one of our buddies. He got tanked and Irish exited out of a function. And nobody quite knew where he was. So we looked for him for quite some time. I thought, hey, maybe this guy, good friend of mine, maybe he passed out face first in some bushes. And it was cold out. And I was like, he's not going to do well if he gets hypothermia and dies. That will upset people that he knows, myself included. So we went hard on search party. Everybody gave up. But you know who didn't? Kyle and myself. Why? Because we're good dudes. And that's the right thing to do. If you've got a friend who gets pretty sauced on the rare occasion that it's a post-Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving slash Christmas cookie party, and one of your friends says, hey, to hell with limits. Time to see what happens. If you ever find yourself in such a scenario, be prepared to crack out a headlamp and wander around until you make it all happen. And that's what was done. And Kyle, that's a good a reason as any to miss a podcast, to go above and beyond, to make sure your friend's not dead or in jail. But let's pivot to what I was talking about with Kyle before the show. A lot of you might wonder, like, why do you always start the show mid-conversation with Kyle? Why don't you start at the beginning of your conversation? And I'm going to tell you, I'm not okay with you asking that question. But Kyle and I, we were talking about not just the video game, The Oregon Trail. We were also talking about the Oregon Trail number two. But then we took it a cut deeper. We were talking about the game, the Yukon Trail. Way worse. Way more obscure, not nearly the same kind of strength of sales as Oregon Trail. But it was a game that was made, and we both played it. So why am I telling you this? Some of you already know, because you have extreme foresight. It's a gift that you have received as being a longtime listener of the Darby cast. All of a sudden, you anticipate things in a way that would put Peter Parker's spidey senses in a context of something that is wholly unimpressive. Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And for those of you who don't, stick around because it's coming your way and you deserve it. But we were talking about the continental U.S. and. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. 
conversation was a bit doom and gloom. To begin with, Kyle goes on obscure websites. I told him, Kyle, it's out in the open now. So Kyle goes to extreme websites. We're not talking snuff films, okay? We're talking obscure military sales. Like, where are the Apache helicopters going? Where are the F-15s and the F-35s? Where are they being sold? Bought? Transactions. Two parties. Buyer and a seller. You get it. But Kyle's looking at this website. And he tells me, hey, things could get pretty rough in the continental United States by 2025, according to this site. And I'm not going to tell you what the site is. A magician never reveals his secrets. And you're asking yourself right now, hey, would you consider yourself more of a magician or an illusionist? And I think that's a pretty obvious question that doesn't need answering. But in this forecast, the year 2025, this website that I'm going to say is highly credible, almost too credible, says U.S. population going to decline by 70%. That is really something. So that's going from our 332 some odd million population down to eh, about 94 million. So yeah, that's over two thirds. So you're going to want to, if you're with three people, take a look to your left, take a look to your right. Both those people are going to die provided that you're the one that lives. Otherwise, one of them's going to live and the other one's going to die. And so are you. So that obviously sparked a great conversation of high death rates. And that led us into Oregon Trail, dysentery. But then we were talking about the Yukon Trail. And since we were talking about the continental U.S., we said, wait a second, Yukon Trail's in Alaska. That is not part of the quote-unquote lower 48. So what does that mean? That means we were considering, hey, what are the logistics of Alaska? John Muir went up there. John Muir, big beard, good dude, cared about the environment. He wasn't all about blasting the mountainside with water, high pressure to extract gold. He wasn't this prospector. In fact, he looked down upon prospectors and he was like, you money-grubbing filth mongers, get out. Quit blasting away the mountains with dynamite and fire hoses or whatever the hell you're using. I'm sick of it. And it's like, John Muir, you're way ahead of your time, pal. There are only black and white pictures of you. So you existed so long ago that most students in the American education system have no idea who you are. And you're asking yourself right now, wait a second. This is an Economics Wednesday on DarbyCast. Where are the economic lessons? I'm going to tell you right now, they're on their way. If you just hold your horses, Oregon Trail, or were you more of an oxen person? Oxen or horses? What's your play? But we're talking Yukon Trail. John Muir is tangential and not really important to the probing questions that Kyle and I had been asking one another. Like, have you ever eaten moose? And how long are the days in Alaska? What's the sunshine available? Are we going to become more pale than we already are? Can we afford that? Are there any good vibes in Alaska? These are all important questions. They are incredibly important. 
Can we get a quick vibe check on Alaska? Kyle, go to one of your websites. Vibecheck.org. See if that's a website. And if it isn't, buy it and let's make it for everybody. It's a little passion project out of us, Kyle. That's what we do. We spread positivity, good ideas, and make resources for important things like in-depth vibe checks. Oh, we'll hire a team, Kyle. We will hire a team. But here's the question, right? Let's say the lower 48 really struggles by 2025. A lot of death. Remember, look to your left, look to your right, and then look at yourself. Subtract two people. Whoa. But Alaska, is that happening there? Perhaps not. Fun facts about Alaska. Square mileage, surface area, over double the size of the largest state in the lower 48, which is what? Texas. And you don't mess with Texas, so double that for Alaska. I don't know if you don't mess with Texas is directly linked to square mileage, acreage, however you want to slice it. But I don't think you can have that conversation without mentioning it. That makes sense, right? Makes total sense. A lot of you right now are saying, but Alaska, what's the job scene like? And I'm going to tell you right now, if two-thirds of the U.S. went full LTB HTF, that's let the bodies hit the floor. It's not L-T-B-Q-H-A-A-W-Z ampersand apostrophe till day. Let's let the bodies hit the floor. That's going to hurt the economic prospects of the lower 48 because you'd have to think that there'd be some economic, civil strife. There would be some intergroup conflict. There would be some chaos. People would be fighting over more than toilet paper. Do you remember the toilet paper rush at the beginning of this? I bet you there's someone out there. Of course, there has to be. There's that one guy. And I'm confident saying it was a dude who did this. He liquidated his bank account and said, I'm converting this paper into real paper. So strategic. But if there's chaos, people are going to be icing each other. A lot of people were like, man, all the protests and violence and arson and looting and everything post G. Floyd, when everybody was isolated from the lockdowns and had nothing but time on their hands to consume really terrifying propaganda thrown out by various news outlets, and they were finally unleashed on the streets. Now add widespread famine to that. What would you do for a Klondike bar? That's Alaska-oriented, and that's a hunger question. Boy, are Klondike bars going to be in high demand. And I would imagine in Alaska, Klondike bars, plentiful. So hunger in Alaska, pretty much out of the question. Yukon Trail. Kyle, I'm glad you have the dogs. Those dogs are going to be essential workers for us because I'm going with you. We will bring a party, not like a Donner party. That's not how we swing. But we'll go up there and we'll start doing it right. A lot of the Darby Cast doctors right now are scratching their heads and saying, what does that look like? And way to anticipate exactly what I'm about to discuss, which is you go up there with an axe. And that's all you really need to start. And you start felling trees. 
small-scale logging operation, you find some sturdy trees, chop them down, build a log cabin. Also, get firewood and maybe go toe-to-toe with a bear that is terrorizing your neighborhood. Arguably his neighborhood, but it's yours now. It belongs to whomever is willing to defend it. So an axe battle to the death with oversized Kodiak bear, Hector, you're going to have to take him down. But that's a small price to pay for homesteading up in a beautiful land untouched by the devil. That's right. Devil's plaguing the lower 48. Just want to give that a quick little call out. That's happening. It is. It is. If you're going to try to deny that, boy. You just not know the first thing about anything, okay? So let's talk more about logistics when you get there. Chop down trees, build a log cabin, take out Hector the bear. Then you may have brought a lady or two with you. And if ladies, you're planning your own trip up there, maybe bring some bro. Then you kind of got to ask yourself, like, why am I leading these bros up here? I don't think they're going to be able to hack it in Alaska. I feel like I should go with somebody who's more on my level. And that's a really, really astute observation. So, bros, you're up there. You grow your beard out. You grow your beard out. And also, I'm going to tell you, you time this to move up there during the spring when the days are long. So you've got plenty of daylight to get things handled. After you've established your beautiful property and Some of you, naturally, are asking the question, how do you make a log cabin with just an axe? I say with stick-to-itiveness, hustle, creativity, gamesmanship, maybe some knowledge of carpentry, architecture, and love for the land. Definitely love for the land. And then, what's the angle? What is the angle? You take your wife aside because you've proposed. If you didn't have a wife already, you look at one of the gals you brought up there and you say, let's do this right. You have a ceremony officiated by a bald eagle. Because how else would you do it? It's as American and as nature-oriented as it gets. You go out to the Aleutian Islands for the reception and the honeymoon where you make passionate, passionate. um, You have a bone sesh. And then you tell your gal, you say, be prepared to be pregnant for the next 12 years in a row because that's the right play. That's the only play. But you're not bringing some pushover chick. She is still a huge value add, even, well, very pregnant for over a decade. Hard to find a gal like that in today's day and age. One who's like, yeah, I'm down to have a couple buns in the oven, in sequence for a really long time. It's like, wow, so chill, so courageous. And right now, if there's an uppity feminist type, I'm not saying a feminist, but I'm saying a feminist type, one who has the makings, a lady who has the makings of swearing off everything about society and men in general, they're saying to themselves, like, oh, it's so gross that you would want your lady to be such an amazing person. And it's like, really? 
Is that what you think? That's a stance some gals take. They get a little over the hill and realize that nobody wants to do them. Many such cases. But you've got a rock-solid wife. And as she is dominating the pregnancy game, handling it effortlessly, you are running the trading outpost. Told you this would be economic in nature. Starbycast, Economics Wednesday. Of course you would be running a trading post where you would say, Greetings, traveler. Might I offer you otter pelts or salmon? I have quite a robust supply of both, and I'd be willing to part ways with them, provided that the price is right. And if most of the U.S. lower 48's dead, the economy's going to be tanked, so we're probably going to pivot to a system of barter. Currency's not going to be in. It's going to be barter. We're going back to the old ways of the Yukon Trail. John Muir gets it. I said he was irrelevant, but he's really never going to fade out of relevance. With a beard and an attitude like he had. And a mission. Every morning he woke up, put on a pair of moccasins, handmade, and said, I'm going to perform a terrorist attack on the local mining company. But would he have articulated it to himself that way? He sure wouldn't have. He would have viewed himself as a freedom fighter and said, I'm going to liberate the land from this mining scourge. Get out. So diesel in attitude. But barter, what would you think was fair for four otter pelts and three pounds of some of the best salmon around? I'm talking real salmon. This farm-raised nonsense that are eating the GMO corn. I'm talking vibrant. I'm talking ethically sourced. I'm talking cruelty-free. All the hippies just soaked their panties. Guys and gals, whatever that looks like. But what's a fair trade? Ammunition, butter, water filters, cheese, arrowheads, dinosaur bones, strategic alliances. That's right. As you carve out your budding trading outpost and cattle ranch, because why not? But it's probably pretty cold there, so maybe you've got some long-haired cows. Maybe you have some yaks. What am I saying? Maybe you have yaks. You trade yak milk with a lot of people. Once you've tasted yak milk, boy, does everything else just taste like trash, right? At this point, you have seven children, and they are so classy and rugged at the same time. They've started adding new wares to your trading outpost, and word is traveling fast that you are really good for the state. It's that big that word is traveling around. People hear of your deeds. Like, wow, that guy's got otter pelts. He's got salmon. He's got plaid that he's selling. Yak milk. You corner the market on yak milk. If anybody tries to open up a yak farm, you know what needs to be done. I'm not going to say how that goes down because you already know. Anyone who tries to set up a yak farm 
within 800 miles of you will learn pretty quickly that invoking your bellicosity was the last mistake that they would ever make. Tough lesson, but you have to send a message to the region. Word would travel to Anchorage, Denali, Juneau, Fairbanks, and beyond. People in Russia would hear about it. Some of you, actually most of you, let's be honest, are probably thinking, this sounds like hard work. And let me reframe that. This sounds like rewarding work. Talk about turnkey life of meaning. For people who are watching YouTube for way too many hours a day or other time wasters, unless you're studying how to homestead in Alaska on YouTube, which I'd be fine with, are probably so inspired right now that the smile stretched across their face is almost painful. Can you imagine being such a masochist that you fantasized about Alaska to the point where your face hurt from smiling so hard? I think a lot of you can. The DarbyCast doctors get it. But it will be hard work. It certainly will. It's not all fun and games up in Alaska. There will be mining companies, and that's when you develop the hobby of liberating the land. What else do you do for fun? You swim with the orcas. Boy, do you swim with the orcas. And that's pretty dangerous for the uninitiated. And I wouldn't recommend attempting swimming with orcas until you're at least eight and a half years into your new life in Alaska. Because the orcas will sense if you're a complete bitch or if you don't have a trading outpost or you don't know how to use a bow and arrow. And I am not talking about a crossbow. Anybody who was thinking that they could march up to Alaska with a crossbow, I'm going to have to ask you to totally rearrange the way you look at the world because the crossbow community is comprised of some of the most low effort, despicable human beings ever to walk the face of the planet. And if you own a crossbow, today would be a great opportunity for you to look yourself in the mirror and turn away from your life of sin, ineptitude as a hunter. Crossbowmen and crossbow women, they are maybe a bigger threat to Alaska than mining companies. And that's really one of the only things that I would imagine that could really bring the vibes of Alaska. Let's bring it back to the vibe check. That would hurt Alaska. So as you're sending messages to these mining companies, don't forget that you've got to send messages to anybody using a crossbow. And that's super important. That's a big part of your responsibility. Word will travel east to west. You will be a folk hero in both Canada and Russia. People will sing songs of your spoils. They will make action figures out of you. But since most of society will have collapsed, they will be crude action figures carved out of wood. They will look like sloppy totems. But you will know that that's you, that that represents your rugged and raw demeanor and your sturdy resolve. That's what those action figures will represent. Oh, it's no G.I. Joe. It's no Barbie. It's something greater. And that's how people will know you. You will befriend many animals. Bull, moose, 
Mooses? Kyle? Let's look that one up. You got to get that one right. Before we head to Alaska. How are you going to get up there? That's another question. You've probably asked that a long time ago. Like, How am I going to get up there? Do I take a car? And I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I think you take an all-terrain snowmobile or an ATV or a horse or you step to the beat of your own drum and you drive a yak up there. You're saying drive? And I say, yeah, yeah. You hitch some yaks to your wagon that you pick up from some junkyard in Santa Fe. First, you drive to Santa Fe. You say, I'm looking for an old wagon that I could repurpose. And then you're going to run into a pretty seedy guy smoking a corn cob pipe, smoking meth out of a corn cob pipe. And he is going to say, Let's make you a new one and I'm going to do it for free. And it's like, thank you, kind wagon smith, meth head. And he would just make it for you in two days. But where do you get the yaks? I'm not going to tell you that because I can't do all the work for you, right? That's not that rewarding. If I just did all the work for you and said, well, here you get your wagon in Santa Fe, brand new from a guy who's a major forward thinker and knowing that there would be a ton of demand before the year 2025 for wagons. That guy's just been waiting to shoot his shot. So impressive. Just imagine going three miles an hour, four tops in your wagon and people admiring you all the way up there as you went from Santa Fe to the beautiful plot of land that you declare, hey, this is mine now. And nobody's going to stop you. Because remember, people like the grizzly bear Hector will submit to your will if you can prove that your violence will conquer theirs. I say the most big-hearted thing you can do for both yourself and to show up presenting a gift to other people, but also the landscape. You find a place where there's a high population of crossbow hacks you start cleaning house you don't have to kill them but you have to get them the hell out of there you drive them out by any means necessary and if they're not willing to budge then you say all right you made me do this at that point it's not even your fault if the crossbow people are not willing to leave then they are asking to be murdered that's kind of that's it right So I invite you to take out a piece of paper today and write a short list of who belongs on that wagon, that yak-toed wagon all the way up to Alaska, who is willing to take a couple shifts at the trading outpost. Who would do that? Who would do that with you? Because it's not everybody. It's not everybody you know. You couldn't just waltz into an Albertsons and say, hey, you want to hop on this wagon because most people they just wouldn't get it they wouldn't get it because they don't have the intel they don't have the knowledge they don't have the hustle the stick-to-itiveness the ability to tolerate excruciating freezing winters and shorter days but fun fact on average alaska gets 
16 to 17 more minutes of daylight per year than the lower 48. Granted, that is distributed in a very oblong fashion. Boy, is it all over the place. But you get used to it, just like the region gets used to you driving out crossbow people, bears with bad attitudes, ruthless mining fat cats who don't know the first thing about anything. And over time, you will be known as a figure almost as beloved as John Muir, one of the first iconic naturalists in our nation's history. You are on a short list or have the potential to be, provided you're willing to take a leap of faith, pack a, an axe and a Bible. I can't forget that. If you're going out there without the word, boy, is that going to be an uphill battle. If you've got an A-plus lady in your life, or ladies, if you've got that bro in your life who'd be willing to do this, don't wait until 2025 when hell on earth is brought to the continental U.S. Don't wait. Some of you right now are saying, I feel like I would enjoy a tropical climate more. And I won't stop you from doing that. If Alaska isn't your cup of tea and you're kind of a coward, go to Puerto Rico. Go. Just go. Nobody's going to stop you. Nobody will even try to stop you. Say, all right, nice knowing you. Good luck with the jet ski rental business, you backwards ignoramus. My goodness. Imagine being so out of touch with reality that you would think that starting a jet ski rental business in Puerto Rico was remotely correct. That's kind of upsetting, isn't it? Knowing that there's people out there that would be like, yeah, that's my life worth living. That's my fantasy. I rub one out to that about three times a week. It's like, ugh, talk about a huge reason for the collapse of the lower 48. Some of you maybe aren't sold on this yet. You're saying, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know if uh, the U.S. is going to really get topsy-turvy in the way that you're suggesting. And I'm going to challenge you on that and say, Kyle goes to some pretty serious websites. Do you understand how that goes? Bring dogs, not idiot little dogs. Can you imagine going to Alaska, doing everything right, but bringing a Pomeranian? You're going to die in your first winter, and nobody's going to feel bad for you. If you were struggling in your first winter in Alaska, people would come to your aid if you owned a timber wolf, a domesticated timber wolf, or a lab, pretty big range there, but those would do it for everyone else. They'd be like, I'm okay helping this person out. They deserve it. If you showed up with a chihuahua, I actually wouldn't be mad if the crossbow community took you out because you have no right to challenge them. If we want to talk about hierarchy of respectable people, chihuahua owners beneath even the crossbow people. Boy, is that a call out. I don't have to worry about offending anybody in the Darby Cast community. At least I shouldn't. And if you are the single listener, because maybe there's one, right, who owns a chihuahua, it was like some sort of 
clerical error. It was a mistake, administrative fudge up. Paperwork got mixed around. You thought you were getting a Rottweiler or a Doberman Pinscher, and then this Chihuahua shows up. You got duped by a low ethics crossbow owner slash dog breeder, and they just handed you a dud. Order of operations, that Chihuahua goes the way of Old Yeller. Before you even head to Santa Fe, you take that Chihuahua out back and you say, oh, sorry, Sparky, didn't realize you had rabies, but that leaves me no choice. I can only imagine how inspired and full of hope all of you are feeling right now. Just full to the brim. Your cup is filled to the tippy top with yak milk. That's how you feel. But that's DarbyCast. That's Economics Wednesday. You have a roadmap for success. Hitting the Yukon Trail, doing it right. Get excited about this. If you have not been feeling excited for one reason or another, you don't even have to thank me. I give away ideas that really resonate. That is my gift to you. If we cross paths in the year 2027, after you have a fairly established trading post, as do I, and we find ourselves negotiating a favorable trade, that'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty darn cool. I'm just going to say that. Doesn't have to be a whole lot more complicated than that. Really doesn't. I don't have to dress that up with any words other than that would simply be cool. So I'll see you up there. I'll be the guy slanging otter pelts. Maybe you specialize in, I don't know, whatever suits you best. Because you, as a Darby Cast doctor, as you know, you have intuition, foresight. You know what that new community up there, which we may call Derbyshire. I get naming rights because I came up with all these ideas. I feel confident that you will submit to that. And that kind of makes sense, right? But that's going to do it for Darbycast Economics Wednesday. 